0: For those listeners who may be unfamiliar with your work, could you describe for us your style of music? Uh, No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) You just heard Ryan Lott, lead singer of Sun Lux, unable to describe his music.
1: So maybe that's not a good omen for our attempt to do exactly that. But hey, we're going to try.
0: And by we, we mean the two of us, plus a whole host of contributors, as well as clips from Sun Lux themselves.
1: On this first season of Flickers, we'll be exploring the music made by Sun Lux from their first album, At War with Walls and Mazes, all the way through their latest release, Brighter Wounds, through five themes, prayer, liturgy, salvation, resurrection, and light.
0: Hi, I'm Matt Linder.
1: And I'm Monica Howard.
0: This is Flickers.
1: Thematic explorations of the good, the true, and the beautiful in music.
0: So before we even begin digging into their music, why don't we start with the name, Sun Lux.
1: A name which has many different possible meanings and interpretations.
0: We'll find the same is true of their sound as artists. So it's a principle that's consistent with their approach to music across the board.
1: I think we can start with Ryan's conception of the name from an interview he did with Wonderland. Quote, The word Lux... From the Latin light is from a dead language and then sun means different things to different people depending on where you are in the world
0: so at a minimum we know Ryan supports the idea that lux stands for light but there's no canonical interpretation for the meaning of Sun and that can be left to the individual listener
1: as far as personal interpretations go in a reddit ask me anything style interview with Sun Lux one fan took the name to mean last light in Latin which we think sounds pretty cool Plus, the band acknowledges that they enjoy hearing different meanings it brings to different people. I'm a fan of the Last Light translation, but Matt, what are your thoughts?
0: I like that a lot too, but I had a couple other ideas. I think of sun as actually the word sun, and then implicitly adding of in between sun and lux. So then it becomes sun of light, which could possibly have some religious connotations. Or another perspective— The one I really love is that sun is the Latin root word for sound, so then sunlux becomes sound and light, which to me perfectly describes what the entire sunlux project is about, exploring light through sound.
1: Ooh, I think that's a winner right there. Actually, in Spanish, son means they are, so it could also be taken to mean they are light. Really, there are a lot of cool and different directions that this can be taken.
0: Right. That's the coolest one I could come up with, but maybe our listeners have other ideas. Totally hit us up on social media with what you think Sunlux names means, or you can email us at flickerspodcasts at gmail.com.
1: As we mentioned before, this characteristic of being open to interpretation is also present in their music, but I think it's also important to look back and see where their style and approach to music originates with the individual band members and their experiences in their musical
0: journey. I agree. And we should start with Ryan, since Sun's Luck started as his solo act. Not surprisingly, Ryan's musical instrument was the piano. But interestingly, he hated it. And yet, the thing he hated, he came to love. Here he is on the Spill the Wine podcast, discussing his early musical background.
2: Well, I started with piano because it was a family rule. A family rule. Yeah, yeah everybody your sister um, yeah your my p- sister and brother and i uh we um we had to take starting at six we had to take piano lessons and um and did I, they all
3: enjoy
4: him
2: uh we all hated it yeah we all hated it <laughs> you hated it too i hated it right. yeah i hated it for and i and, actually and of i studied, now you're thankful i, I am extremely yes. thankful yeah. but i i really hated the piano i hated piano lessons mm. um all the way through college. And I, and I, you know, I, I studied music in, in, in school and, um, and even the very last piano lesson I took when I was 22 years old or whatever, I hated.
5: <laughs> you know what I mean? Does it have to do with the
0: teacher as well? Or no, it... no,
2: because I had amazing teachers. Oh, yeah. Um, I really had amazing teachers. Um, I had a fundamental problem with, um, internalizing the music of other people and convincingly and honestly delivering it.
1: We're glossing over the best part, which probably explains what inspired this change of heart toward his approach to music—a really, really cool role model. "Quote a freak worship pastor,"
2: and I was, and, and it was like a very proper approach to wait. So that your parents
3: sent you to this? Yeah, because guy? this guy
2: was also the music pastor at the church.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh your family was Christian. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> so, um, and I only agreed to, to um, like pretty heavily yeah yeah okay. really conservative yeah um, but I only agreed to like that this was a good idea to take from him because at church I noticed that he was a badass mm-hmm. like even though they were playing like pretty crappy music mm-hmm. I could tell that he was a total badass and he he was like the one guy on stage who had long hair and like Ripped jeans and mix match Converse and he and earrings and like he was the, the he was freak pastor he was the freak you know and I was like well this guy's probably actually pretty cool <laughs> and turns out he is he's amazing and at this point you're fourteen he's still yeah, yeah yeah and
0: that's that stuff matters you yeah know? this freak worship pastor had a significant impact on Ryan's taste in music
5: <laughs>
2: actually I think it was um uh, it was a tape cassette tape yeah um uh, and it was Beethoven sonatas. Oh, it was interesting. And, uh, because I was a geek when I was a kid. I I mean, I'm a geek now, but, um, and the first, but the first, um, rock album, the first rock album that I bought, I had some really important albums that were given to me. Yeah. Um. U 2s Rattle and Hum was really was a was a really great one early, and uh, Joni Mitchell Blue, um, yeah. Um, oh, I forgot. Also, um, <laughs> I'm I'm thinking now, having memories. Um, Beastie Boys Licensed to Ill. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, <laughs> so, Joni Mitchell and Beastie Boys and Beethoven.
1: <laughs> Joni Mitchell, Beastie Boys, and Beethoven. Wow, that is a diverse selection of artists. So, Sunlux was originally Ryan's solo project, but now there are three members, including drummer Ian Chang. When it comes to his musical tastes, well, they were inspired by something a little different, as he told the Rock House podcast.
6: There's like a pre-college Juilliard classical program that I went to briefly and dropped out of during high school.
1: Oh, why did you drop out?
6: So I realized I didn't want to pursue the classical route. It's not where my skills lie, and it wasn't like completely where my interests lie either.
4: Did your family always want you to be a musician? Like, they were like, Ian's going to be a rock star.
6: I think you know the answer to that question.
4: <laughs> no, I feel like they sound progressive.
6: No, they, no. they're they as supportive as they can possibly be given their their context and their lives. But... They're definitely pretty stressed out that I'm choosing to do this. (laughs) I think there's like a very deep-rooted Chinese view of you want to set up a situation for your kids to be able to have more opportunity to do more and to make more money than you did. And um, this is definitely a disruptive move.
0: So while Ryan's family had a rule about learning piano, Ian's family was not quite as supportive about his pursuit of music. But I'm curious, if classical music didn't do for him, then what did?
1: For that, I think we'll need to turn to an interview Ian did with CNC Drums Europe in 2015.
6: college, I, I continued to study drumming, but I did a jazz degree, and then um, since then I've just been playing music that I want to play, and uh, with bands I want to play with. I played with a band called Sunlux, and another one called Landlady, and Body Language in 2001. Those are like the four. Ones right now yeah. I grew up well yeah, I grew up playing like I said, like classical music, and I was playing piano also uh, from a young age and I played I was like in the juniors program of the um, Academy for Performing Arts in Hong Kong, uh, so that was really nice, and I learned a lot from that.
0: Yeah. Ah, so Ian has this jazz background, but do you know who else does Sunlux guitarist Rafiq Bhatia. He actually came out with this first solo album. Breaking English in 2018, which tells us the diversity of musical influences that he has from jazz, classical, rock, and Indian music and styles. But prior to Rafiq's solo album, he also entered the world of electronic music and sound design. As he you told know, the New York Times, he felt ostracized in these worlds. Quote, a lot of these spaces were dominated by white men or are very heavily segregated, unquote. And growing up Muslim in Raleigh, North Carolina, he said, quote, there was a very large percentage of the population down there that were not comfortable with our presence, unquote.
1: It's easy to imagine such distinct experiences would lead to a unique approach when developing their own sound.
0: Indeed. I think this is a good time to hear from our contributors. And when I spoke to them, I was curious how they first came across Sunlux. Our first contributor is Crispin Mayfield, a good friend and a big fan of Sunlux. There is this band,
7: there is a band I really like called Why? Why with a question mark? Uh, sort of a indie rock slash rap project um, that was an- on Anticon. And then I was at the library and I noticed this album that, you know, was from Anticon. And so I just got it. And I actually was thinking about the first time I listened to it. So I listened to it, um, I was driving out to a friend's birthday party, listened to the first half of Walls and Mazes.
1: I love how being a fan of one artist can lead to discovering another artist in their orbit. Blake Collier, on the other hand, first learned of the band through NPR.
3: So I could first came across Sunlocks, uh, I think really by accident, um, I wasn't a massive NPR fan at the time, but I do remember I would occasionally catch uh, new music on NPR website and uh, podcasts and things like that. And I think I happened to run across um, one of the year end endless, uh, whatever year his first album came out. I don't remember what, what year that was, but they had it as the number one album uh, for NPR. Um, that year and that I, I was interesting and uh, so I went and listened to it and kind of fell in love instantaneously with it. Um, I didn't know what I was exactly listening to at the time because I hadn't really become, you know, thoughtful about music at that point. so I just knew that I liked how he used instrumentation but broke it up and and repurposed it and i liked the way his voice meshed with that music and something about it was compelling and so i kept listening to it and kept listening to it and uh, from that point on i pretty much just started buying um everything he put out whenever he put it out like to the point of you know signing up on his newsletter all that good stuff and then um whenever he would release a single or, you know, an EP or something like that, I would go and grab it at Bandcamp or, or iTunes, whatever it was available on. And so, yeah, I have pretty much followed him from the beginning um, of his career uh, onward. And so, been a huge fan of his uh, since then. But it was, I really think it was pure accident uh, that I kind of happened upon that article and happened upon... Uh, Hearing Michael's like and the samples of his music, so
0: I too have discovered so many music acts through NPR. Such a great place to find exciting and unique artists. But moving on to our next contributor, this is how Jeremy Doan, a friend of Blake and I, came to hear about them.
4: I think it was Blake, maybe you and Blake. I forget. I want to Yeah, it was, it was one of you guys that. I can't remember when it was, but you were talking about them, or had mentioned them, or something like that. And I started listening. I can't even remember what the first album I listened to was, but it would have been, you know, relatively recently, several years ago, um, after Lanterns came out, but before Bones did, because I was already well into them by the time Bones came out, which is how a lot of my music. My current favorite music comes is through, through friends, through people I know that talk about a band and talk highly of them, and most of the time, if I trust those people or trust their taste, I'll listen to it, and I'm pretty sure that's what happened with Sun Lux.
1: You and I, Matt, have also had this mutual trust in sharing artists with each other that we think will match the other person's musical tastes. Next up... Chris Carnati, yeah, who heard so about Sun Lux interesting Two interesting Degrees of Separation to Ian Chang.
5: because I'm not a long-time fan of Sun Lux. I hope people don't burn me for that. But I'm um, more of a newcomer to Sun Lux, and I first discovered them actually through their project with Sufjan, so Sisyphus. So I spent a lot of time with that uh, Sisyphus album and really enjoyed it, and... Um, or some of the songs, uh, um, The Way, what is it called? Like The Way, um, Let Me Love You The Way I Want To or something like that. Do you remember the name of the song? But anyways, so I came across them through that Serengeti album and then they were kind of on my radar, but I never seriously listened to them until the release release of this new album. Um, so, oh, and then this has become one of my like favorite albums from 2018. So I've spent a lot of time with it, um, but um, let's see. Another encounter that I had that like more firmly put them on my radar was actually an ex-girlfriend, um, had some sort of mutual friendship with Ian Chang, the drummer. Um, so she really liked Sunlux. And
0: then I, unfortunately I didn't use that connection to contact Ian about being on Flickers, but if anyone wants to hook us up with Ian, Rafiq or Ryan, you know, we'd be down for that. But anyways, here's Damon ham. And like Jeremy, he found out about Sunlux from a friend.
3: So I ran across Sunlux, uh, from a real cool guy from church, uh, that I met and he told me about this group. And to be honest, no, they're really not my type of music, but um, once I actually heard the music, I really got into it. So it was, um, um, it was him. Uh, he really got me locked in on these guys. And I actually uh, YouTubed uh, to see uh, the, the members and ran across a Ryan Lott interview, which really 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 got me into them so i started listening to started listening to their music after
0: that and by the way that friend was totally me so while we heard from our contributor how our contributors discovered sunlux we can't forget that ian and Rafik went through their own discovery process remember that sunlux began as a solo project which later expanded to include the two of them so Ian, he found his way to Sunlux by assisting on a remix, as heard in this 2018 Face Culture interview with the band. I
6: first heard his music because I was asked to, and this is before I met Ryan. Um, there's an artist uh, called My Brightest Diamond that um, Ryan did a remix EP for. That's really awesome. And um, she was putting together like a live session video of one of his remixes. So it was like a version of a remix. So it was like kind of like these multiple layers. And so his remix was pretty, you know, it was electronically kind of put together. And her idea was to make it like an acoustic version for, or like a, yeah, arranged version for, there was like choir and I think some like, I can't exactly remember, but there was like a whole like percussion section and like it was like this whole thing and I was asked to arrange the percussion parts and to kind of perform as one of the percussionists in this video. And so that was the first time I heard anything. It wasn't a Sunlux song, but it was a Sunlux remix of, uh, of a my Brother Simon song, and I just remember being like, oh my god, like, this is awesome. And it was also confusing, and uh, I had to like kind of, so I had to really listen, hard, like I had to like, I kind of like arranged, arranged it um, for percussion, and we did it. And then after that, I think at the time, um, we Are Rising was the, the most mm-hmm. recent album out, so I checked out the album and mm-hmm. thought it was super cool. So it's funny, I like kind of um, had to pull apart uh, Ryan's music a little bit even before I ever met him. And I, I, that's why when I got the call to tour with Sunbox, I was like, yes, like, let's do it.
1: And from that same face culture interview, Rafik discusses how he came to uh, know Ian and then befriended Ryan online. Well,
7: I guess I, uh, you know, encountered both of them differently. Um, Ian and I had worked together once before this. Um, we we started working together through Sunlux, and it was um, with an artist who used to go by Gordon Voidwell, and now he goes by Wills. And um, I'd been playing in his band a bit, and Ian joined us for one gig, and we you know, I gave him a ride home after the rehearsal or something like that, and we connected about a bunch of things and realized we had a lot of interests in common. And then he ended up going on tour with another artist and I just like didn't we didn't really stay in touch or whatever. Um but, you know, I remember that first time that it was just really fun to play with him and that we realized that we had all these kind of shared interests. Um and Ryan I actually didn't meet for a long time, like mm-hmm. we'd we been working together for quite a while before we met in person, yeah. and when we met in person the first time it was for approximately like 30 seconds, 30 seconds yeah. <laughs> um, like we had already, um, I forgot about that, yeah. I'd played on Easy and we'd worked on the film score for the disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Um, all via Skype hangouts where we were just being like really dumb and um, (laughs) it was was pretty silly. But yeah, so I don't think we actually spent any quality time together before we started rehearsing. It's true. Um, But when we all got in the same room, um, it was just a really good feeling and a really kind of like everybody was um, really excited about and serious about Finding a way to bring that music to life in a live setting, and I just remember being really um, inspired by these guys and excited to be working with them. Also, Ian ate everybody under the table, which was a surprise. Um, So, so,
6: yeah, that I think I had to assert my (laughs) dominance in the group. Yeah, Yeah,
5: I shall eat the most of all
6: of you. Yeah.
1: that story that involves a social media post and a pizza place as Rafiq and Ian retell on the Rock House podcast.
6: Ryan was basically asking Rafiq to help put a band together.
7: And I was just like, well, we should find a really great drummer, but we weren't sure who. And then that day or two days later, I went to DeFara Pizza.
6: I don't know if you, you guys know that pizza place, DeFara.
7: Which is considered by many to be the best pizzeria in all of New York.
6: It's like a famous pizza place, and um, he posted this picture of that place, and I was like, oh sweet, I like that place, so I like liked that picture, and he was like, oh yeah, maybe that drummer would be like, good. <laughs> Literally, if I, if I hadn't liked his picture of like, Defar's pizza, then I probably wouldn't be in that band right now. Wow. But it's just, you know, that's how it always is, is like one little thing, that's, and now that's been, So like,
0: crazy the how these small interactions can lead to big things. Anyways, here's Ian again, as well as Rafik and Ryan. Explain why the three of them came together in a 2015 uh, think, interview um, with Kyle Meredith.
6: We, we all share certain sort of uh, values and things that we are drawn to in music. Um, definitely, for me, I'm the drummer, and like between Ryan and I and Rafik too, I would say like everyone in this band is a drummer. Um, we're all drawn to sort of like off-kilter rhythms. Um, also, like. I think we're all very interested in um, creating just really weird sounds, yeah. And, uh, and the interaction between those sounds and
7: rhythm, you know, like how kind of the the rhythmic implications of sounds sometimes, you know, is like a big unifying thing between the three of us. I think.
2: Right. So so basically, what they just said, <laughs> what they just said is really interesting because what what your question was was. I bet you're looking for something really specific in collaborators. So, and and why were you drawn to these guys? Um, The question is a little flawed because ultimately, generally... Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I meant to say your first question was a a little... uh, uh, No, Um, no, I think this was your first question, actually. (laughs) Um, No, but... uh, So, what I was looking for in uh, bandmates was actually an open-mindedness, a broadness, uh, a broad approach to music that wasn't limited to um, you know, the scope of their vision as seen through the lens of their instruments. And that's distinct from what we're usually looking for in collaborators, right? Which is a certain specificity, oh, he does that thing, and like, oh, that's the thing that he does, and like, oh, that's, you know, oh, that person's voice is particular in this way, or you know, and so for, for outside collaborators, yes, but for people that I was interested in um, yoking with um, for redefining the identity of Sunlux, I was looking for people who were approaching music with an incredibly open mind and who obviously had the capacity to develop musical ideas um, beyond what they could execute with their instruments. They were and are producers
1: for a project like Sunlux, it makes sense that Ryan chose Ian and Rafik because of their musical backgrounds, but also their openness to explore.
0: Which makes me curious what their musical writing process is as a band.
1: As Ryan explained to Face Culture, this is how he adds Ian and Rafik into the mix. I write
2: lyrics alone, mm-hmm. but um, and I and I, I write much of the music alone, but everything is sort of thrown into the pot and we all have uh, an important uh, role in our own roles in defining what ultimately winds up making the record and then what what makes the live show the live show um, because the record is just the record and the live show we view as something really different. Um, uh, that's one of the things that I've really benefited um, that's one of the ways that I've really benefited uh, working as a trio which is that my ideas can be tested um, and challenged and encouraged Uh, by voices you know that are not mine and that I trust and musical brains that are different than mine and yet have um, share enough in common that we can all strive in in a direction that um, we can determine together.
0: So while Ryan Provides the concepts for the songs; they are transformed through the musical brains of Ian and Rafiq. A spirit of collaboration is something that has always existed in Sun Lux's music, even when it was solo project. Here's Ryan on the Spill the Wine podcast explaining. You
2: know, the thing that happened was I I realized something about myself as a musician in the context of this on this new chemistry, mm-hmm. and and it was something pretty fundamental. This 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 feeling that I that I got um, on stage and this this thing that I learned about myself that was pretty fundamental. And to at the time to have been playing music for, you know, close to thirty years and to only then learn something pretty fundamental about myself. Yeah. Is that's very telling. Mm-hmm. You know? So at that point that really started that propelled this the idea that Sunlux could become a a a trio.
0: And here are some of the artists who have collaborated with Sunlux Lord, Olga Bell, Moses Subney, DM Stith, Chris Style, Y Music, Sufyan Stevens, Elias, Serengeti, Wills, Hannah Ben, Nico Mully, Richard Reed Perry, Lillian Madeline, Darren King, BBC Radio Choir, and Ryan's wife, Jennifer Lott. <sighs> so, so many. No
1: joke. I love Lord for the record. But more than that, the band invites listeners to become collaborators as they interpret Sunlux's music. Here's Rafiq breaking it down in an interview with Dukascopy TV. Quick note, the Supreme Court decision that Rafik is referring to is the one that legalized gay marriage in the United States.
7: I think some of the political implications of the lyrics resonated with me as we were making the songs. And, you know, I'd also add, I guess, that, um, you know, when... The Supreme Court made its decision. Um, we posted changes everything on Twitter. you know so that that kind of interpretation of what the song can mean is one that we've actually directly stood behind yeah. at, you know at, at some point in time so it 's not just that it's not just that the song is about this or isn't about this it's that the song can be about. Um, a, lot a lot of things, and they can be things that are very personal to a you know individual person, um, or they can be about things that you know resonate with events as they happen.
1: Which is great, as that's what Flickers is all about: hearing diverse perspectives on Sunlux's sound.
0: Exactly, and we'll hear our contributors provide us with their descriptions of the band's music in part two of this episode, which is available right now.
1: Shout out to this episode's contributors, Blake Collier, Chris Carnati, Damon Hamm, Jeremy Doan, and Crispin Mayfield.
0: Subscribe! You know, help boost the podcast by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. It helps get the word out.
1: Tell everyone and anyone you know who is a Sun Lux fan, or even those
0: who are not fans. This episode was produced and edited by me, Matt Linder. Storyboarding and scripting assistance by Armani Peterson.
1: And me, Monica Howard.